0: Book four of the Analects of Confucius translated by William Jennings this LibriVox recording is in the public domain book Four: social virtue superior and inferior Man. sayings of the master it is social good feeling that gives charm to a neighborhood and where is the wisdom of those who choose an abode where it does not abide those who are without it cannot abide long, either in straitened or in happy circumstances. Those who possess it find contentment in it. Those who are wise go after it, as men go after gain. Only they in whom it exists can have right likings and dislikings for others. Where the will is set upon it, there will be no room for malpractices. Riches and honors are what men desire. But if they arrive at them by improper ways they should not continue to hold them poverty and low estate are what men dislike but if they arrive at such a condition by improper ways they should not refuse it if the superior man make not of social good feeling how shall he fully bear that name not even whilst he eats his meal will the superior man forget what he owes to his fellow men even in hurried leave-takings even in moments of frantic confusion he keeps true to his virtue I have not yet seen a lover of philanthropy nor a hater of misanthropy, such that the former did not take occasion to magnify that virtue in himself, and that the latter, in his positive practice of philanthropy, did not, at times, allow in his presence something savoring of misanthropy. Say you, is there any one who is able for one whole day to apply the energy of his mind to this virtue? well I have not seen anyone whose energy was not equal to it it may be there are such but I have never met with them the faults of individuals are peculiar to their particular class and surroundings and it is by observing their faults that one comes to understand the condition of their good feelings towards their fellows one may hear the right way in the morning and at evening die the scholar who is intent upon learning the right way, and who is yet ashamed of poor attire and poor food, is not worthy of being discoursed with. The masterly man's attitude to the world is not exclusively this or that. Whatsoever is right, to that he will be a party. The masterly man has an eye to virtue, the common man to earthly things. The former has an eye to penalties for error. The latter to favor. Where there is habitual going after gain, there is much ill will. When there is ability in a ruler to govern a country by adhering to the rules of propriety and by kindly condescension, what is wanted more? Where the ability to govern thus is wanting, what has such a ruler to do with the rules of propriety? One should not be greatly concerned at not being in office, but rather about the requirements in oneself for such a standing. Neither should one be so much concerned at being unknown, but rather with seeking to become worthy of being known. Addressing his disciple, Zeng Sheng, the master said, Zeng Shen, the principles which I inculcate have one main idea, upon which they all hang. Aye, surely, he replied. When the Master was gone out, the other disciples asked what was the purport of this remark. Zeng's answer was The principles of our Master's teaching are these whole heartedness and kindly forbearance, these and nothing more. Other observations of the Master Men of loftier mind manifest themselves in their equitable dealings, small minded men in their going after gain. When you meet with men of worth, think how you may attain to their level. When you see others of an opposite character, look within and examine yourself. A son, in ministering to his parents, may on occasion offer gentle remonstrances. When he sees that their will is not to heed such, he should nevertheless still continue to show them reverent respect, never obstinacy. And if he have to suffer, let him do so without murmuring. Whilst the parents are still living, he should not wander far, or, if a wanderer, he should at least have some fixed address. If for three years he do not veer from the principles of his father, he may be called a dutiful son. A son should not ignore the years of his parents. On the one hand there may be a matter for rejoicing that they have been so many and on the other for apprehension that so few remain people in olden times were loath to speak out fearing the disgrace of not being themselves as good as their words those who keep within restraints are seldom losers to be slow to speak but prompt to act is the desire of the superior man virtue dwells not alone she must have neighbors an observation of zho officiousness in the service of princes leads to disgrace among friends to estrangement end of book 4 recording by li jing